I have to get this down. It's already fading, and I won't let anyone tell me that it was a dream. If I write it all here, I'll know it was true. No matter what anyone says. No matter what happens from here. Go It Alone contains adult themes and language. Some episodes contain themes of horror. Content warnings for each episode can always be found in the episode descriptions. Today's story, Trades, was written while playing My Welcomed Guest by Yoshi Creelman. Everybody's heard of fairy, right? Everyone seems to talk about it a little differently, but the important part to me, what always stuck, was that it was somewhere else. Somewhere not here. Away from... (laughs) God. Everything. Well, okay, everything, maybe, but also everyone. My father, my brother... Jessica. Obviously, as much as I always thought getting away would be nice, I never quite had it in me to leave them all behind, too. Maybe if I could have brought them all with me. Uh, Maybe then. But that's not how it works, is it? Ironic, I suppose, then, that Jessica is the whole reason I wound up in all this. The doctors tried everything they knew. We even went to the priests. Nothing. Something eats her from the inside. Tears another shred of her health, her spirit, away. Every day. I couldn't stand by and watch her waste away. Some will probably call me a coward. Say I ran from my love's bedside to chase children's stories. But I know they're not stories. And I'd do anything for her. It might be fair to say that Fairy came to me. I sought it, yes, but I could not tell you when I found it. I was wandering the forest, some supplies on my back and a picture of Jessica in my hand, that daguerreotype of her at the shore from several years ago. She looks so bright, so free. I suppose I was looking for that part of her. Something that would bring it back. I still don't know where the boundary was, if I stepped across a log or under a bough, but I do know that the weather that came upon me wasn't natural. No storm gathers that quickly, soaks you to the bone so instantly. I'll tell you, when I spotted the light of a fire through the trees, I ran. Of course, it occurred to me that if the storm wasn't natural... There was a good chance I was running towards something else just as odd. But at the end of the day, that was my goal, wasn't it? As I approached the fire and the thatched awning that covered it, it took me a moment to realize that I was not alone. 
It's not that I didn't see my host, my eye was drawn to them immediately. But it took me some time to understand that what I was seeing was a fae. I hunched by the flames, graciously taking in their heat, and stared at the being across from me. A looping strand of water sat on a log, also enjoying the fire. Clear, burbling water ran down the side of the log, across the ground, back up the log, and then three or four feet up into the air before arcing back down and connecting with itself. An endless stream plucked from its riverbed, boundaries slowly shifting as it stared back at me. It may seem strange, given the water and mud I was already soaked with, but I could smell life emanating from my host. Where they touched the log, moss thrived. Where they crawled across the earth, mushrooms and blossoms and life arrived. The rain still fell around us, but in that little shelter, it already smelled of a shower just past. After a stretch of silence, my host leaned forward toward me. They had no face, and yet I could tell they were trying to get a closer look. Still, I hated the effect. The slow undulation of their course began to remind me of a snake, and I could never quite shake the worry that they might strike. When they did eventually move toward me, it was with a small offering in hand. A dish, floating on their surface. It contained fluid I did not recognize, but I took the glass regardless. I did not want to offend my host, even if I wasn't overly excited to drink the odd, shimmering substance. I wish I could tell you what my drink tasted like, but the moment it touched my tongue, a sort of fog overtook me. The forest faded around me, and I found myself sitting in a storage room at the back of a festival tent. I was not the only one there. Three other girls sat in a tight circle with me. Between us bounced an emptying bottle of cherry wine, swiped from a neighbor's booth, I believe. We whispered and giggled, though the words were indistinct in my memory, so I could not make them out, even my own. As the wine settled in my stomach, its warmth spread to my head. Eventually, two of the girls ran off, getting back to whatever they were supposed to be doing. Instead of sipping wine, they were a few years too young to have properly bought. And suddenly, it was just me and Jessica. Hidden away, drinking our heads, spraying in our veins. It's not as if I hadn't wanted to kiss her before then. I very much had. But when she reached over, ran her fingers through my hair, well, how was I supposed to help myself? Her enthusiasm certainly didn't slow me down. I fought the fading of that memory. I felt it slipping away like a dream as the sun breaks through the curtains. It was selfish, I know, but I wanted to stay in that youthful moment forever. Instead, I found myself back in the forest, cloak damp from the weather, Faye watching me with an air of curiosity, and after a moment, they seemed to sit back, satisfied. I took a moment to catch my breath, to let the waking dream fade completely. 
Once I was sure of where I sat again, I finally made my purpose clear. Please, I said. The woman I love is dying, and no one knows why or what to do. Can you help me? I thought at first that they did not reply. After a moment, though, I began to hear a slight murmur, a whisper, too faint to make out. Over time, though, it grew, filling my ears with a strange, sibilant speech that I could not understand. Until, suddenly, I did. Your offer, came a voice, as if right beside my ear. I resisted the urge to look for a mouth I knew would not be there. My firstborn child, I said. A bold offer, seeing as I don't know that I'll ever have such a thing. Still, I tried to remain level as I waited for them to consider the trade. Very well. I will prepare a cure. Let us talk while I work. I tried not to show my relief too plainly. I felt something dangerously close to hope in that moment. A faint glow appeared inside my gracious host, pulsing gently as it flowed through them. Of course, I said. What did you want to discuss? I visited your realm recently, they said. There I met a young farmer whose crops would not grow. She asked me for help and offered a year of service in exchange. I agreed and filled her fields with new growth. She returned here with me and served me well. I hope to ask after her if you should happen to know her. When they finished speaking, I simply sat there and stared for a moment, mouth agape. I believe I do know her, I eventually managed. My grandmother once claimed that a spirit of life saved her fields. She never mentioned her time here, though, and I'm quite sure she never left her family for a year. Perhaps it was not a year for you, they said. Perhaps not. Regardless, she is well, I told them. I'm glad to hear it. Now tell me, they said, changing the subject. Why do you wish to leave this place? I came here for a cure. What good is that if I don't deliver it, I replied. They hummed as if considering my answer. Or at least I thought that was what they were doing. As their whole body began to quiver, I became less sure. Still, the hum eventually ceased as suddenly as it had begun, and I made a mental note not to ask my host any further questions, even rhetorical ones. Still, there must be something here that calls you, they said, as if nothing had happened. I sighed and looked out over the trees that surrounded us. It's... Peaceful, I suppose. There seems to be so little to worry about here, compared to back home. I can understand why someone would stay, I admitted. My host did not respond, and instead began to sway slowly. The gentle glow that had been developing aside with them was now a brilliant golden light, swirling through their form. They reached for me again, and I realized I was holding my breath. Their arm, if it could be called that, came to a rest just in front of me. And as that light came around again, it bobbed to the surface of their form. There, 
sat a small glass phial, full of a liquid so brightly golden that I thought it must be glowing. As I took it, though, the color faded until I was left holding what seemed to be a tiny, stoppered bottle of milk. A panacea, they explained. Thank you, I whispered, still in awe. Carefully, I tucked the file into my bag and made the stand. Perhaps my next decision was a foolish one. It's hard to say. The gift I'd been given was so mundane in appearance that part of me wished for a souvenir, something to prove that I had stood in that glade. I would like to trade you for something else, I said. A memento of my time here. I could produce such a gift, they said. What would you offer in return this time? Uh, today marks the second time that you have helped my family, and that is just as far as I know, I told them. I would gladly deliver yearly offerings to you, as long as I am able. I need something more, they replied. A memento for a memento, a memory for a memory. I hesitated. Would it hurt? Would anyone believe me if I declined? Very well, I said. There are some absences you can understand by the shape of the whole. If someone cuts your heart from your body, the evidence of what was done is plain to see. But what is the shape of a kiss, a sunset, a good conversation? I do not know. And I fear that this hollowness may haunt me forever, as small as it is. It is only one memory of countless memories. But I am scared of it, I think. Scared of the space it used to fill. I was still reeling from my loss when my host reached out toward me yet again. On their arm floated an impossible shape made of glass. My eyes did not understand it, curves and angles that folded in on themselves in ways they should not have been able to. When I picked it up, my fingers did not agree with my eyes as to its shape, and I began to feel lightly ill. I quickly stuffed it into my bag. Thank you, I managed to say, my head spinning. A fair exchange, they replied. You will leave now, yes? I looked out at the rain, and as suddenly as it had started, the drops now failed to fall. Y yes, yes, I, I will, I told them. Ever the inscrutable force, my host's voice began to fade away from my ear. 
their words settled back into whispers. Melodic. Nonsense. Beautiful. I did not understand their song, yet I seemed to take some meaning from it. The way back was just beyond the grove. I would find two paths. One home. One to a... a place of... penance. They wished for me to take the left path. Thank you for your hospitality, I said, with a tip of my head. They seemed to mimic my gesture, and with that, I departed. It was a long, long walk out of that grove. I knew that I had upset my host once. Had I done other things to displease them? They wanted me to take the left path, but did they want me home or punished? I stood at the fork in the path for a long moment, considering my options. The woods looked no different in either direction. I could not feel the pull of my home. And so, in a moment of blind faith, I chose to trust them. I strode down the left path. And so, that is where I sit now, just off to the side of that same road. I don't know how long I've followed it. My feet are not tired. I am not hungry or thirsty. I fear that I made a foolish decision. <laughs> At least one. Sometimes it's hard to say exactly where it all went wrong, isn't it? Still, I know it was real. I have the cure, and that awful shape. I still have most of my memories. Writing this has helped. Has made everything more solid. I'm glad for that. I have to believe that I will find my way home eventually. I have to believe that Jessica will still be there when I do. I think of my grandmother and her year in this place, and how it could not have been more than an afternoon back home. Perhaps I face the same thing. Perhaps. I have to hope. Today's story, Trades, was written while playing My Welcomed Guest by Yoshi Creelman. You can find this game and his other work at dawnbeargames.itch.io. You can follow him on Twitter at Yoshi Creelman. Go It Alone is written, recorded, and produced by Ari Ingalls. You can find them on Twitter at Ari underscore Ingalls. 
You can find the show on Twitter at GoItAlonePod. The theme music is Midnight by Alexei Chistelin. You can find more of his music on YouTube at Alexei Chistelin. Thanks for listening.